the busiest men in Australia on a Monday morning is Laurie Horish from uh, ESPN because the NFL is well and truly underway. We've got several matches already completed and a handful still in play and I'm sure he's all over it. Good morning, Laurie. Morning, guys. Great to be back with you on a, on a very manic Monday morning. It, it's a little bit that way. If we can just go back to, to Friday's match... Um, the, the Bills had a big, big win over LA, the LA Rams. Do we take too much away from that at the moment? Because they are the faves to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think what we can take away from it from the Bills side is, hey, a lot of pressure, a lot of hype, a lot of noise around this team, and they really stepped up. It wasn't all clean early. You know, there, there was some mistake-prone football from both sides early, but certainly the Bills the better of it, but went from strength to strength throughout. Um, a couple of rough touches for, for some of the running backs that allowed Devin Singletary to put his hand up as the man, the most responsible man in that backfield. So I think we can expect to see more of him going forward and, and Josh Allen's ability to, um, find plays downfield, um, to, to be robust and strong in the pocket, keep aggression downfield. Um, it wasn't a day where we saw him running around for a hundred yards, but he did show his strength as a ball character with a, almost a slam dunk-esque touchdown scurry for himself. But, I think from the from the Bills side of things, yeah, a lot of positives to take away, and I think that defensive front uh, looks more nasty. Those pass rushes, the big guys up front, not to mention Von Miller tearing around off the edge, aging like a fine wine. Um, they look more and more talented, more aggressive, and really fresh, able to rotate a lot of big bodies and and keep uh, the Rams on the back foot um, and Matthew Stafford under a lot of pressure throughout. For the for the Rams, yeah, definitely a, a, a temptation to overreact. Um, especially with the change, some of the losses in the offensive line didn't look like they had um, been addressed adequately with the pressure that Stafford was under. Um, but you hear the words from from some of the reporters who they said it's a very very small distance and a, and a, a pretty thin wall between where they gather and the the locker room, and they could hear him absolutely berating his side, saying you guys were just not up for that. Um, screaming and trying and really tearing them a new one. So um, clearly some frustration there. Interesting that he took some time to um, say a running back Cam Akers, who was a surprise, um, very limited participant in the game and got such short um, and, and limited opportunities in the backfield, called him out saying he needed more urgency uh, and needed to take advantage of his opportunities. And it'll be interesting to see if we hear that messaging spread throughout the team that really was not up for that. Um, and if there was a Super Bowl hangover game, um, it's about quintessential dictionary uh, definition of what we saw from the Rams in, in their first up game. Laurie, uh, nine games have concluded this morning. There has been some upsets. When we spoke with you last week, you <laughs> thought the Chicago Bears could really struggle to win a game this season. Well, they've already won after the first week, albeit on the back of a very good fourth quarter. Too good for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, making me look really, really smart, really switched on there, the Chicago Bears. It was ugly early, very ugly, almost as ugly as that uh, Soldier Field turf um, under a deluge, a downpouring of rain that we saw there. Um, probably the last field, maybe outside of Washington, Commander's home ground, FedEx field, that you like to see dealing with any... <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with any sort of uh, rain uh, and downpour there. But um, it was ugly early, but credit to Justin Fields, that man behind a really, really poor offensive line and with some weapons, um, but not the most glittering offensive staff alongside him, uh, showed a whole lot of toughness. His creativity and innovation on a long, long touchdown pass to former San Francisco 49er Dante Bettis. He spins out facing immediate pressure, fins, spins out, 
shows vision and touch across the field to deliver an absolute teardrop um, to Pettis down the right sideline to really kickstart um, the Bears getting back into this one. Um, and then and then finds uh, Equinemia St. Brown, um, a fantastic name uh, and a very interesting story, um, he, who catches a touchdown there, ultimately puts it two scores away, and the 49ers unable to, to get their offensive going in the wet uh, and, and really get back into this one. St. Brown scores a touchdown three minutes after his brother, Amon Ra St. Brown, had scored a touchdown for the Detroit Lions. Not sure if that's the closest two brothers have ever scored a touchdown. Can, can um, you in go NFL through their time. names again, please, Laurie? Sure. We've got Equinemia St. Brown, um, who came out of Notre Dame. Uh, and then we have uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, A-M-O-N space R-A uh, St. Brown, who... Uh, uh, plays for the Detroit Lions, a younger brother. There's a third brother as well who isn't in the league but did play at college. Um, and their dad um, was, um, you, if you saw Hard Knocks that aired on uh, on ESPN um, over the preseason, their father was a former bodybuilder, a former Mr. Universe from that, uh, I think, the 70s, 80s era that people might be familiar with, with um, a former uh, governator from uh, America when he was featuring in that world. Um, so a really interesting family. The, the kids have been brought up speaking uh, about a thousand different languages, um, very disciplined individuals. Um, so, yeah, the St. Brown family having a nice day in week one. Um, only the Bears able to get the win, but, uh, but both brothers in the league getting a touchdown uh, in about as you know, long a time as it is to, to sip a cup of coffee. Would have taken them until they were 12 before they could spell their own names. <laughs> or pronounce it. Equinemius took me some time. I usually like to get my head around a few of the different interesting names we've come in. Um, Equinemius is one of the better ones. Still, for me, the best name that I've seen come out of the NFL draft a few years back uh, was an Air Force safety by the name of Weston Steelhammer, which uh, doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> Laurie, Paul mentioned earlier we've, we've had some upsets. That seems to be the case every year with round one. And, and a few of the favourites that did win got an awful fright. But two matches I wanted to ask you about. The Steelers uh, defeated... Uh, Cincinnati in overtime and the other one that did go to overtime and we couldn't find a winner was the Colts who were very, very short price favourites against the Texans. I think what I take away from this game, particularly the Steelers and the Bengals, um, is if you have a child out there that is talented kicking a football, whether that's an oval ball or a round ball, get them down to the park and get them practising 30, 40, 50 and 60 yard um, attempts, depending how old they are, from straight in front because there is a real issue with kicking in the NFL. Um, we had a missed uh, point after attempt, so we're talking a 30 metre ish from straight in front kick from the from the Bengals as they stormed back in this one, with two seconds left on the clock. That would have sealed this one. They missed there. Each team had a miss in overtime, um, as uh, as Boswell and McPherson um, both come up no good. The the Boswell missed kick, the clang that that made coming off the post there is one of the deepest bass notes I've ever heard in music, sport or anything. Um, worth going back and watching just to hear what a resounding disappointment sounds like uh, on football field, um, how it's encapsulated with one clang off an upright. Uh, but ultimately, Steelers get one here. I had the Bengals winning this, and I think the Bengals should have won this. Um, I think, I mean, Joe Burrow going full DeLome, uh, that is throwing four interceptions on the day. That's not the type of accuracy, efficiency... Um, an intelligent decision-making we're used to from someone like him. I think there was some forcing of the issue early on, uh, some tight window throws that perhaps didn't need to be there. Um, settled late, but ultimately this is one that got away against a, a very fierce division rival and a game that the Bengals deservedly should have taken. As for the Texans and the, the Colts, we're staying on the AFC side of things. You look at the Colts and look at the top line of the stat sheet, okay, 
Matt Ryan goes for 352 yards. That looks good. Jonathan Taylor over a buck 60 and a touchdown. Michael Pittman, breakout receiver, really talented player. He goes over the century mark as well and a touchdown. Um, but Davis Mills continues to be a bit of a thorn in the side uh, for some AFC teams. Underrated rookie last year, wasn't part of the big five that was being talked about. Um, and he comes in, connects twice with a guy named OJ Howard, failed tight end out of Tampa Bay, who um, who had been a disappointment in his start. He goes for two catches, two touchdowns, instant chemistry. He's been in the building for about a week. So I would say for both the Colts and the Bengals, teams back to to make their presence in the playoffs this year. A, a real missed opportunity and one that got away. Um, and uh, and the Texans look. Texans will keep things weird, particularly when they coach in Lovey Smith with an opportunity to keep the ball on fourth down from midfield in overtime. Opts to punt it away with 20, 30 seconds left and basically say, Tile, do us. Let's try and get that. Now, the Sunday night game in the States, Laurie, which gets underway about half past 10 our time, it's between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, the favourite to $1.74. Dallas, two ten. It's a two-and-a-half-point line. Now, have you got a selection for us here in this game? Look, um, it's no, no secret that my heart does beat North Texas, but I'll take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. I think it can be really interesting to see which of these patchwork young offensive lines does a better job protecting their very cerebral quarterbacks. Um, but I think just from a weapon standpoint on offense, uh, what Tampa Bay have uh, with Chris Godwin looks like he's going to suit up. Mike Evans, Julio Jones is there, and they, they claim he can still run fast. Let's see if the hamstrings hold up. And watch out for Russell Gage, who's been underrated and a real standout performer for Tampa Bay in, in camp. I like the, the playmakers they have on offense, whereas Dallas is still trying to piece together uh, the receiving core behind CeeDee Lamb, who looks to have a, a very strong campaign and take another step. But Michael Gallup's still out injured and Amari Cooper now playing his football in Cleveland. Um, and it looks like their uh, third-round uh, rookie, Jalen Tolbert, who uh, they invested in this draft, might be a, a healthy and active, a healthy scratch from this game. So I think Dallas is still sorting out a few things on the offensive line and just what that offensive weaponry, what the chemistry, what the makeup is going to be. I think it'll be a tight one. I think both teams have a lot of a lot of promise on defense. I think Dallas's defense might have fewer interceptions and takeaways than last year, but be, be a bit more of a solid unit. But I think something like 27 to 23 to Tampa Bay, um, where we, we, we see Tampa settle into the season after a very disturbed and disrupted one for Tom Brady uh, and the Cowboys uh, left with a few different things that they need to work on and tighten up as they welcome a Bengals team uh, next week that will be uh, sure as hell looking to uh, right the ship after their first, uh, their first outing. Good on you, Laurie. Thank you for that first up for week one of the season. Tampa Bay to win at $1.74. We'll chat to you Friday morning. Always good to talk to you guys. Enjoy the rest of the day and uh, good to have football back.